0: Before we get into today's podcast, I just want to give a big shout out to all the listeners out there uh, who have listened to any of the episodes here on the AvGeek Chronicles podcast. Um, you're going to hear it today, and I think I may have mentioned it the last episode, but a few episodes back, I just surpassed the 1,000 listeners mark here on the AvGeek Chronicles podcast, and I literally could not do any of that uh, if it wasn't for you, the listeners, and giving this. Uh, giving this podcast uh, a chance, uh, and just giving any of the feedback that I've received uh, so far. I truly, truly appreciate uh, every single one of you uh, that have given uh, the podcast a listen. So thank you so much. Uh, I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Uh, And don't forget, if you haven't already, go over to uh, Apple Podcasts, the Apple Podcasts app, Rate and comment uh, on the Avgeek Chronicles podcast. What do you think? Uh, any tips? Uh, any things you want to hear on the podcast? The uh, Same goes over on Google Play. Go give it a rating. Uh, give it. Uh, give it a comment. Uh, just so we can continue growing uh, this podcast because it's already gotten uh, a really good amount of you know feedback from people out there, whether it be on social media or just people talking uh, talking to me one on one. So, go give it a rating. Uh, Let me know what you think. And thank you again for listening to the AvGeek Chronicles podcast. And we have another great podcast for you guys today. We're going to be launching another episode of Ask the AvGeek. So, I'm super stoked because we have a very, very special guest today. So, let's get into today's podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Av Geek Chronicles podcast. I am your host, Colin, the chief Av Geek, aviation maniac, or whatever you want to call me. I'm bringing in somebody different now. We're going back over to the fixed-wing side instead of the helicopter side like we were on the last episode. Uh, I have another special guest with me today, this time over on the, the West Coast. Actually, you know what? My last guest was from the West Coast, too. So my last guest was from British Columbia. So we're still over on the West Coast. Actually, this is my third interviewer, interviewee from the West Coast now. So... I have no love for the East Coast. I tell you, no, what? love, no, no love for the East Coast. Um,
1: West Coast is the best coast. Yeah, West Coast is <laughs> the best coast. That's what I'm saying. I, sp- I spent a lot of time
0: over there too. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. But before I let my guest kind of introduce himself uh, and kind of give the listeners, you know, the background uh, about who he is, um, you know, I've, I've met, uh, me and Matt, we really got connected, uh, digitally really. And let me tell you guys, I mean, the best part about being able to connect with people all around the world in the aviation industry is just the plethora of ways you can connect with people in a digital, uh, digital environment. So that's how him and I connected, uh, he was going through his uh, private pilot's license. I was going through my private pilot's license and he was posting all the time, posting cool pictures, stories, whatnot. And, uh, he actually started an organization, which really, really struck me because I thought it was super cool. And the mission that was behind it. Um, and so I started following him. Uh, he started, post- he was, I, I gotta tell you, man, you were flying through your, uh, your PBL. And I felt like I was moving at a <laughs> snail's pace. Um, But I knew right away, you know, just looking at the background of some of the stuff he was doing, uh, seeing some of the stuff that he was posting, that this was definitely somebody uh, that I wanted to know, that I wanted to follow, that I wanted to get to know, uh, just get to know him, his mission, what he wants to do, um, because I, you know... I think it's really, really important as pilots, we start connecting with each other, um, and seeing how we, uh, how we can start helping out each other and trying to push these missions. Um, because I know my guest, one of his missions is to just push aviation, um, to the younger generation and show, you know, how, how great and how big this community really is and how we all are kind of, uh, kind of supportive, uh, for one another. So I'm super, super excited to, uh, to introduce, uh, my guest. So Matt, how about I'll let you introduce yourself to the, uh, the Aviate Chronicles nation.
1: Alrighty. Well, Hey guys, thanks for having me. And I really appreciate your time, man. And, uh, you know, the opportunity to kind of share my story and, and really kind of, uh, what my drive is in, in the aviation community. Uh, and what my organization is about and all the other things that I'm really involved in uh, in order to, you know, just really inspire others um, and really, you know, kind of try to give them more of a of a relatable story to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, go after their goals. You know, people want to fly a plane and and it's not it's not as hard as I think people you know, make it out to be in a sense, um, as far as getting there. So I I just love the opportunity to be able to kind of share that, um, and just really give people the other side of it, um, on, on that side. But, uh, yeah, so my name is Matthew Dunham. Um, I am in located in Bend, Oregon on the West coast. Um, I'm 27 years old and, uh, I was really born uh, in Redlands, California, San Bernardino, so Southern California. So you've been a West Coaster
0: (laughs) your whole life then? I
1: I have, yeah. (laughs) All right, all right. (laughs) Except for for my time in the military, I kind of moved around a little Uh bit, but uh, yeah. So... um, yeah. And then I moved to Oregon when I was uh, about six, I believe. Um, and then majority kind of grew up in Oregon and then spent some time over in Australia as well, um, playing soccer and, and, and living with family over there as well. So, um, yeah. How was, how was like, your
0: time in Australia? That's that's a little bit different.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's uh, everybody has this kind of image of everything kills you in Australia, uh, <laughs> which, which which I agree on. However, uh, you know, it, it's more out in the bush, if you will. Um, but uh, you know, everybody there is so awesome, so nice, so friendly, uh, and, and really caring. Uh, you know, I, I needed a ride one day and this guy pulled over and offered to give me a ride and, you know, and, and it's very interesting cause you normally wouldn't think to, to jump in a car with a stranger, but it just seemed very natural there. And, and I did it and it worked out fine, but <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> it was uh, it was a great time. It was, it was awesome.
0: Are fighting kangaroos a real thing?
1: You know, <laughs> I personally did not see them. Uh, there is a, a golf course. Uh, I don't recall where it's at. I think it may be on the gold coast somewhere. Or, I don't remember. Anyways, on the, I believe the Southeast side of Australia, there's a golf course that you actually play golf and there's just kangaroos walking around. And I have a picture with a few of them and they have name <laughs> tags, like, uh, kind of like colors that are, and then they're all Seriously, named. Oh, wow. That's yeah. crazy. That's, so it's crazy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> how, how long did you live in Australia for?
1: uh About a year, a year and change, I believe. Yeah.
0: So, was it, was it, how old were you when you lived there?
1: Ooh, I believe I was 16. It would have been my end of my, or begin middle of my sophomore year of high school. Um, and then I finished high school in Australia. Was that, I mean,
0: so even though it was a short time, was it still a pretty cool experience just to, uh, to kind of see that culture? Though it's, I mean, it's relatively, I mean, a lot of them. I mean, from what it seems like it's similar to what we have here in the States, but it's still a lot different.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, just being in a foreign country period, you, you get a lot of exposure to a lot of different cultures and, and, you know, how things are, but I mean, overall it is very similar. Um, I think just kind of like, you know, every country or every, every culture has little quirks here and there. And I think, uh, you know, just getting a feel for each of those or some of those or multiples of those, uh, you, you get a better understanding or maybe a, even appreciation for uh, what you have or maybe what you don't have. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes you realize, you know, the, the important stuff or not, you know.
0: So, you know, you were just given a little brief uh, introduction into kind of what life was like uh, for you growing, uh, growing up, but go into a little bit more detail, kind of you know how your childhood was growing up you know what kind of hobbies or interests uh did you you know were you into it? it sounds like you were a soccer player and whatnot and obviously uh probably down in australia that's probably pretty big uh maybe compared to it is here in the states but kind of how was your childhood what was it like growing up uh for matthew
1: yeah, so uh you know I I grew up I have four sisters and two brothers and uh so my dad was actually a pastor growing up uh he's a pastor for 14 years uh, in a Christian church and so uh you know growing up was a little different than most I would mm-hmm. say being a pastor's kid uh but also I think uh you know, having a lot of siblings, it makes you appreciate uh, family uh, and the importance of family and always kind of having them there and around and, and really taking care of, of each other. Um, but really growing up, uh, you know, I played soccer. Um, I was not necessarily the best at school, but I still went to school. I was uh, homeschooled actually until high school. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah. So a little random fact. A lot of people don't know about me, actually, because I'm very, uh, very outgoing and, and, you know, I'm very fun and and adventurous. Mm -hmm. Um, So which could be the reason maybe. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, uh, yeah, growing up, uh, it was it was well. And, um, you know, I experienced a lot. Uh, I grew up, you know, a little bit in California, moved to Oregon and then, um, you know, went to high school, played soccer here and then, uh, moved to Australia and, and then came back and spent about a year off and then, uh, I joined the army. So, you know, as far as really growing up, uh, a lot of family time, a lot of family activities, um, and really, you know, just being a kid, uh, you know, I did the typical, uh, egging and teepeeing and, and the norm, the norm uh, as, as a kid would these days, it seems like. The but normal uh, kid trouble. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, we all we all have to do it once. But, uh, you know, it was, all, it was all high school fun and, and no one got in trouble. Nobody did anything illegal, of course. But, uh, you know, it's just all good fun. And, 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 you know, it's growing up and you learn you learn hard lessons and you learn good lessons. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, kind of growing up, you realize, uh, or, or how you grew up and, and looking at it as, you know, now that you're older, you kind of see the, the good and the bad, if you will, of, yeah. uh, your time growing up and, and what you appreciate, um, now that you are growing up,
0: you know? So you, you mentioned, uh, one of the things you just mentioned is you, uh, you did join the military and I mean, that is a huge for anybody. doesn't matter what branch you plan on going to. I mean, that's a huge decision for any teenager, um, you know, at a young age. So kind of, you know, for you, and it's kind of funny, right? Because actually for me after college, I actually had thought about, I I mean, I had been one, you know, I wanted to be a pilot my whole entire life. And so I had this great idea that I thought I was going to go join the Navy and become a Navy pilot. And, uh, I actually did go out and I took the, um, the pilot test. I took the, uh, I took the pilot, uh, the entrance test for it. And surprisingly I did super, super well but unfortunately other things happened and I didn't go that route, but I, I did see from a family perspective, from a fiance perspective and from a circle perspective, that that's a really, really hard decision to make. So kind of what age or what point in your life did you know that, you know, Hey, you know, I'm going to do this. Like, this is something I want to do.
1: Yeah. So, I think, uh, you know, majority of the big reason, uh, my brother, my brother-in-law uh, married to my oldest sister. He was in the Air Force at the time and, and just uh, retired a few years ago after 24 years. Um, and, so, you know, you know kind of going around in Texas, I visited them and we went uh, you know, to his work and saw the planes. He worked on the uh, B-2 bombers at the time. Um, so, you know, that was just an incredible thing as a kid to, to be around or see, um, but really, uh, I looked up to my, uh, and I still do look up to my, my older brother, um, David, and he was in the Marine Corps at the time. And, uh, it's funny because he went to boot camp and, uh, he asked me to shave my head with him because he loved his hair just like I did. And I still do. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I was like, no, I'm not shaving my head. Like you have to, because you have to, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing this. No way. So, uh, you know, it, it, he, he meant so much to me and he still does, you know, but I, uh, when I went to his graduation, I shaved my head. Um, and, uh, I forget what I wore a shirt to his graduation. that said, I shaved my head because my brother had to or something like that. But, you know, it was a typical, uh, you know, younger brother looking up to his big brother and Mm -hmm. and seeing what he was doing and what he was kind of sacrificing and doing for the country. Um, and then, and then the family, that to me was like a very, uh, that's a powerful thing. That's a very, it's a, it's a huge thing. I don't, I really don't know how to describe that kind of feeling, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a, it's a very big thing. Um, you know, you know, I just felt like it was a very important thing that I wanted to do as well. Um, and I looked up to him, and, and I just kind of wanted to follow in his path. And um, actually, initially, I tried to join uh, join the Air Force and uh, as a PJ. <clears throat> and then I took the ASVAB test and uh, didn't score uh, the best. But I also had a speeding ticket at the time that Ooh. because of the restrictions with the Air Force at the time, yeah. I wasn't actually allowed in. Like they weren't going to take me. Um, so I actually walked down the hallway, as every uh, as every military person could say, and uh, went to the next recruiter. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was the uh, it was the army guys, and I went in there, and uh, they were they were good with my ASVAB score. And uh, I think probably maybe a month later, I actually signed my papers on December seventh, two thousand nine. Uh, which the significance about December seventh is Pearl Harbor. Oh wow, um, that's right. So- I didn't. Yeah. So a lot of people don't remember that. Yeah. Like, think, think about that date. But, um, yeah, so that was kind of like meaningful to me as well. And then, uh, I shipped out to basic training on January 11th, 2010 in Fort Benning, Georgia. So, so,
0: where- so how long did you serve, uh, in the military and what did you, what was your role? What did you do? Kind of, what was your job, uh, while you spent time in the army?
1: Yes, yeah, so I was in for about eight years. Um, I think maybe like two weeks short of eight years. Um, and for the, f- I, I, signed up and enlisted as a, uh, 11 Charlie, which is a mortarman, um, which, uh, it basically you drop little small bombs, um, on things and, and, uh, that's what your job is. Um, so for the first six years I did that. Uh, and along with that, I had a deployment to Afghanistan and a deployment to, uh, Kuwait, um, and I was stationed at uh, Fort Bragg in Colorado and Alaska, um, which Fort Bragg is in North Carolina, in the 82nd. Um, and then my last two years up in Alaska, I was actually uh, enlisted aide for a one-star Canadian general. Um, and has as his aide, I, I drove him around. Uh, did security for him and some document stuff and more like a, a kind of business um, level kind of – a, a glorious uh, assistant if you will yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but that was my last 2 years i did that and uh, i just got out um september 2017 uh was my last uh my last month i got out september 1st 2017
0: so i know for anybody when they're in the military you know there's that time and point where you know you figure out okay, I've you know I've given my time, I've had a blast, I've learned a lot, um, I've served my country, and now you know I want to go out to you know the private well, public, w- whatever civilian. sector, yeah, the civilian the sector, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> yeah. uh, depends on how you look at it, right? Uh, yeah. how did you know it was time, uh, to retire?
1: Who, um, you know, I feel like. You almost you know when you know. Yeah. Um, but at the same time I was at eight years and I was coming up on a re enlistment. Um where I was at the point of, you know, if I re enlist again then I'm I'm signing in deaf, which means that I'm in for twenty years until retirement until, you know, they let me go, or fifteen years with the new update that came out. Um so it was really, you know, do I wanna do this for the rest of my life or do I wanna uh, you know, save the rest of my life, but I could retire it. At that point, I could retire at 38 years old after 20 years in the military, you know, for, for a lot of 38 year olds, that'd be a great deal. Yeah. Um, you know, and it'd be great, but I felt like there was maybe more that I could do, um, in life because, you know, you only get one life and I feel like, you know, my eight years, I did my time. I went on deployments, um, you know, and I sacrificed a lot for this country, for myself, for my family. Um, and I felt like, uh, you know, it was, I had done my part, if you will. And I think that that was kind of where that in combination with getting into flight school outside of it, I mean, the, the month before I got out, they offered me $10,000 to stay in for an additional 12 months in the same job. And because I had already gotten into flight school and I already kind of, you know, decided with my wife that, Hey, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get out. Like, I think. I think my time's over. I've done, I I've done what I needed on, yeah. to do, you know, and move on. And, and so, you know, I did because, you know, the stars kind of aligned, if you will, as they say. And, uh, I got into flight school, the VA was approval was there and, uh, I, I could move to Bend, Oregon, where, where my brother David was, who was in the Marines who had gotten out at that point. Um, and I could be closer to him. I had been far away from family for the last eight years. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me, it was, it was kind of a couple driving forces behind it. You know, my wife wanted to kind of get out of Alaska and experience a little bit more more than, than Alaska and where she's from and, and Pennsylvania. Um, and you experience the West coast and, uh, and going to fly planes was something that I couldn't really argue with. Yeah, I mean, right. <laughs> like
0: now that we do it, it's like, Oh, can't yeah. argue with this one. Exactly.
1: <laughs> you know, it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. <laughs> so when did, you know,
0: throughout your military career, I mean, did you always want to become a pilot? Was it <laughs> something that you always, had in the back of your head or you know when did you decide that you know because obviously it was in the process of whether you were going to stay or whether you're going to go uh, really. okay i'm going to go and now what's next when was it that you said you know what i'm going to become a pilot i want to go fly
1: you know, I, I think it was because, uh, so I was airborne. I got, uh, I got airborne qualified basically right out of basic training, uh, which is a three week course down in Fort Benning, uh, Georgia. And, you know, I think from then on, I mean, I was jumping out of planes in the 82nd at least once, probably every week, every other week. Uh, you know, I think I left the army with, I don't remember how many jumps, uh, a significant amount of jumps. Um, well plus 50 70 80 maybe um and so you know leaving leaving the army uh, with those but i think i got in a little bit of an excitement of like okay i get to fly in these planes at 800 feet above the ground and i get to jump out of a perfectly good airplane like i wonder what it's like to sit up front like why am i jumping out of this perfectly good airplane mm-hmm. you know what's what's the difference yeah uh, <laughs> So I think that was a little bit of it. And then also, you know, really my last two years, I had the opportunity and and, um, experience to be able to fly in the C-12s that the Army has, um, that they fly a lot of their general officers in. Um, And I worked alongside with those guys a lot um, and gals. And, uh, you know, those are great pilots that the Army produces for their C-12s and and any other, you know, aircraft. But um, it's... uh, i think i think that was really it that what did it is because the c12 is you know more of like a a business kind of uh turbo if you will and um you know kind of having the freedom to go where we needed to go when we needed to go there um and just the kind of freedom that flying gives you i think that was really my big push for you know what why don't I go try this? Like yeah. what's the worst that can happen? I'm not I have nothing to lose other than gaining this awesome freedom of being able to fly wherever I want, whenever mm-hmm. I want. You know? So I think that's kind of like what the turning point was was really my last job solidified it and you know I kind of joke now, I'll jump out of the same plane that I fly. You know, it's it's I would.
0: <laughs> In the C twelve, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is that the army's version of the King Air?
1: Uh, I believe so. Yeah. I think that would okay. be kind of the good comparison to That's it. what yeah. I thought. <laughs> yeah. So
0: you're, uh, you know, you're now adding to my growing list of, uh, fixed wing pilots that I've now had on the show. So what I'm really, really interested so far is kind of what was your process going through from starting with zero hours to, to where you are now? How did that work?
1: Um, <clears throat> Well, I have a couple – I had a couple flights uh, on a helicopter up in Alaska, um, and then I actually flew a a Cessna 172 one day because I wanted to just see what the other side of it was in flying aspects. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, uh, nothing against you because I know that you do work for Bell, but flying a plane is – I feel so much more comfortable (laughs) (laughs) and and knowing (laughs) that I can at least glide a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. And I think, uh, you know, everybody has their kind of niche, but, um, you know, really what struck me was just the ability to go farther, um, and kind of do a little bit more and the versatility and the aspects of what you can do and how far you can travel, what you can carry. Um, that part to me was attractive. Um, but really, uh, you know, getting out, I struggled a little bit with the process of the VA approval and getting a medical because of my stuff from the military. and really just kind of trying to figure out like what is the va process to get into flight school Yeah. Um, so kind of you know i had my brother's help because he had initially started to go to flight school down here in bend and then uh you know i had a few other friends that were in it and then also the chiefs from the uh the army that flew the c12s they actually kind of recommended some different things as well to kind of help me with the process um, but once i kind of figured out the whole uh, shenanigans around that whole process i i enrolled in uh, the college down here in Bend, Oregon, Central Oregon Community College, and then got connected with Leading Edge Flight Academy, which is where I go now. Yep. Um, so I moved down here, I got out of the Army September 1st, and I got down, we left September 12th, got down here I think like the 15th, so we, we flew down here, Like we drove, we didn't drive fast, but we like drove throughout the night and stuff. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so, sorry about that.
0: Uh-huh, no problem.
1: Um, so we, we drove uh, throughout the night and we just kind of switched off driving. We got down here. And I think my first flight was on September 25th. Oh, wow. And uh, that was my first flight down here. So I was basically just straight into the seat in a sense. Um, and actually my first instructor uh, was actually one of my brother's buddies that he had. a Oh, really? Marines. Yeah. So we didn't find this out until actually I did my discovery flight earlier that year and uh so i really just like oh you know my brother like this this is family at this point you know because he was in the military i was in the military he also knows my brother so i know he'll take care of me you know so on and so forth um and that was really like my pick there so um but yeah so i started my private i think i finished my private maybe two and a half months maybe three months maybe oh wow it was pretty quick then yeah, so I was flying maybe four times a week. Oh wow! Um, and you know, at the time I wasn't working. I uh, Oregon has this program called a training unemployment insurance. So if you're in a training program that takes up a certain amount of time. Um, then they will basically pay you unemployment, but because I was coming out of the military as well, that helped uh, with my you know benefits and stuff like that. So I was having I had BAH coming in and also the TUI, which is the training unemployment insurance, and uh, that really what kind of set me up to be able to not really have to worry about working, but just really focusing on flying and trying to understand flying as a whole, mm-hmm. and and really that's kind of. Where I've been until I actually, I think last week was my last week of uh, TUI. And uh, now, you know, I'm kind of skating by and, you know, after getting there, but, uh, you know, we're getting through it until I, I get my CFI, hopefully by Christmas time. And then, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be set. But um, it, it's, you know, giving me the ability to not have to work necessarily. Yeah. Um, or work a uh, minimal comparative. Um, it definitely gave me the kind of leg up to, to be able to fly a lot
0: as much as I needed to. And it, yeah, I mean, it let you basically fly through the pro <laughs> pun intended, fly through the process, right? <laughs> uh, but it's crazy, right? Because everybody's different in that, you know, you were fortunate. I mean, what I, I think what people, you know, there's probably some people that would hear that and mean like, oh man, that's so lucky that you had that. And then I would have to rebut to those people and be like, yeah, but... I mean, the guy had to work eight years to get this ability to do that type of stuff. So I don't want to hear it from you. Uh, And I mean, right. It's like everybody's different. I mean, for me, I had to go at it alone and I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm just because I waited and I did all these different things. I mean, that's just the way it it worked. Um, So what, so you're going to go through, get your CFI uh, and everything. What is really your end goal? Uh, you know, being inside this, in this pilot life? Do you want to go all the way? Do you want to work for the airlines? You want to work in uh, business aviation? Uh, You know, kind of what are your goals flying?
1: I'd say my goals, you know, really are to, (laughs) it's funny, I I say live my best life, you know. Um, But but the reality is, is, you know, I, I think getting experience in a lot of different aircraft along my way uh even now i mean i'm flying 172s g1000 172s rgs bonanzas and a baron by the time i'm finished um and then you know just possibly getting my c rating and seaplane rating and all that you know it's just like it's so hard to say what your end goal is when yeah. there's literally aviation is so many directions um but you know really i think my my goal would be to to get into the corporate business flying world um, where I can interact with people I'm very personable I'm outgoing um, but also I think it's a big driving force is the last job that I had working for for the general in the army was you know really kind of focusing on on one person's job and and really just being able to get personal with somebody rather than you know kind of being a And I'm sure we'll probably get grief for this, but uh, being a taxi driver, or an Uber driver, if you will, um, to an extent, as far as you, you're not, you're, you're actually being able to interact with the people that you're flying. Yeah. It's something that you're then able to share with people, uh, more so. Whereas the airlines where you may never, you may never even see your pilot. Um, you know, and so I think that's something that I desire to have and that that would be something that I would like is just to be able to interact with the people that I'm flying with.
0: Yeah, no, that's such a good point. I mean, what people, when people think about being a pilot, I mean, I've had it, you know, said to me and people ask me, well, are you going to become an airline pilot then? I'm like... (laughs) Well, I mean I do have a regular job. Like <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can have it as a hobby. Is it a really expensive hobby? Yes. Yeah. But I can That's still true. do it. Like I, yeah. I have goals in the future, but it doesn't include you know, right now being an airline pilot, would that be cool? Eh, Maybe. Uh, But that's not in the plan. Um, That's definitely not in the plan. And yes, in business aviation, it's crazy. Um, You know, I've experienced a little bit of it and, and I know a few people. And I mean, they're the ones, they're prepping the plane, they're doing the bags, they're doing car work, they're doing flight planning. I mean, they're managing that whole, you know, if it's for an executive or maybe it's just for a family, they're planning that whole group's trip. I mean, you are responsible 100% for their lives, their safety, uh, for making sure that their trip is, you know, flawless. Per se. And,
1: and, you know, some may argue that that's something that they don't want to be responsible for yeah. or that they don't want to take on. But again, you know, going back to, you know, aviation is so many different directions and so many backgrounds, you know, I mean, just even your and I's, uh, background is different or how oh, yeah. we got into aviation or, or even how we paid for this expensive hobby. Um, you know, and, and I think just that alone, um, you know, kind of differs from everybody's mindset you know maybe people do just want to fly from point a to point b and and be done with it that can be their own you know derivative if you will but uh you know i think really that's the joys of aviation you know we get to decide for the most part what we want to do and who we want to deal with
0: (laughs) And it's funny because everybody brings up the cost of, you know, what it, I mean, it's really, and we're lucky. I have to say we're lucky from the fixed wing side because it's relatively yeah. inexpensive for my helicopter brother. And over there, I, I like, I cannot believe how some of this, and it's funny because I know there, I, I know a few who have basically gone through the same process that you did. Um, yeah. In fact, a lot of people in the helicopter industry, a lot of them do come from the military because of that, uh, because of that benefit. And it's great for them because of how expensive it is. If you don't have something like that, but because you're a veteran kind of describe that process of, you know, how have you been financing flight school because you're able to do it, you know, differently than most people are, but there could be, you know, other veterans out there who could do it just like you, but maybe they just don't know how.
1: I guess one of the, one of the things is, what was the, what was the Um, question there? No, yeah, sorry.
0: (laughs) Describe the, describe the process of how you have been able to uh, finance your flight school through the VA process.
1: Yeah. So really, I mean, I created an organization called Winged Aviation, which really mainly focuses on, uh, you know, veterans. However, you know, I, I say civilians, but that's just because of my mentality from the military, like that's what we called everybody who was not in the military. Um, but civilians can follow the same process that I have on there as well as getting into aviation. But really, uh you know, the the VA process, there's kind of two different options as far as the, you know, getting your flight school funded. And there's the degree program option where, you know, that gets you a two-year associate's degree in applied science like I'm doing. Um, and that pays for your private license that covers Um, all your testing fees for the first time, if you fail, then you have to pay for it, which serves you right because you should be studying (laughs) if you want to be a good pilot. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, then it it covers you all the way through and it it allows you to um, really focus and not necessarily have that stressor. Um, that others may unfortunately have but we've also earned it during our time in the service after three years of, of service and normal discharge then you know you, you kind of earn this uh, the post 9/11 GI bill um, that allows us to go to flight school and, and a lot of other you know educational programs that are out there that can be used with the the GI bill but uh, one of the main ones that right now of course there's a lot of scrutiny with it as well because of the funding with it um, which is something that uh, is a whole nother, probably ten podcasts to cover all that. Oh yeah, stuff. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, really, the main the main thing is, um, you know, if you can do the degree program. Um, that's what I'm doing I recommend it because you know having a degree if you wanted to make it a career is, is crucial to your resume um, it's crucial to the business world regardless of where you're at in it um, and it just looks good and honestly being more educated with something that your life depends on every time you do it I wouldn't say is a bad thing yeah um, you know and, and I think a lot of what a, a lot of people would agree um, there is the other option of, of going and finding a flight school and um, that is VA approved but is not located with a degree program and not linked with a degree program. Um, And that's just another option that will pay for your flight training. But there are some certain kind of limits and costs that incur there. Um, that is something that, you know, you'll have to dig in deeper with that specific fight school. Um, but you know, that's kind of like the main gist of it. But, um, you know, my organization, uh, I, have tried to kind of put all this information in one spot because, you know, there's a lot of, um, keyboard warriors out there, if you will. So many of uh, them, it's it's incredible. you know, on, especially on forms and stuff, you know, I think I posted once on, uh, I think it was aviation sales or so, something along those lines about the company just to, you know, Hey, if anybody's out there that's looking for this or is curious, you know, this is out there, man, I believe I, I got roasted by probably three or 400 comments and just how terrible and, and, you know, all this misinformation that's out there. And, you know, I, I, I get 90, I would say ninety five of my percent of my stuff from the VA directly. None of my stuff is is coming, you know, out of my brain. It's literally coming from a source that's valid. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, you really have to figure out uh, the flight school that you're going to. Is it truly VA approved? And and with that, what are they covering? What are they not covering? I think that needs to be your biggest concern. Um, but really, that's, uh, you know, how I funded it was through my GI Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, and thankfully, thank God, I, I did my eight years and, and I have earned it. and uh you know, that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah.
0: You know, it's funny because in the first, uh, first rendition of the Ask the App Geek show, one of the things that Eli and I talked about, um, you know, was basically the same thing that you were just talking about is, you know, you're just putting out information and you're just <laughs> trying to help people, and there's a lot of people that are doing good, but then there's a lot of people trying to do that in a bad way. And then you get hated on. And he said, he goes, just haters are real and they're just out yeah. there. And it's just, Absolutely. it's crazy. It's like, I'm trying to help people over here and you're coming at me.
1: <laughs> well, and I think it's funny too. You know, I, I, I totally agree with that because it's, it's very interesting if you look at, or not necessarily look at, but I mean, it, it's almost one of those, like, are you doing it because you're upset that I'm providing good information. Are you like, what? Is, what is your driving yeah. force behind doing this? And it doesn't make sense. You know, I don't get it.
0: So <laughs> since we're on, since we're on that topic, uh, about the, uh, the organization that you created. And I mean, that was kind of, like I said in the introduction, you know, one of the first things that I came across before we really, really even, uh, you know, talked or really knew each other, um, was that willingness to get back to the community that you were a part of, uh, for so long. And it obviously meant a lot to you. So, um, kind of what is, tell me more about winged aviation and the organization kind of, uh, why you decided, um, that it was important to, to, to start this.
1: Winged Aviation was uh, something that I felt very strongly about creating, and I mean, I talked uh, you know, I messed around with different names, probably twenty different times. And to be honest, when I filed the the license stuff and everything for Winged Aviation, I was like, "There's no way that this is available." Uh, you know, Winged Aviation. I mean, Winged Aviation. Like, come on, like, no way. And it was. Um, but one of the uh, one of the crazy things about it, you know, was that. But then. I I felt like, you know, me going through the process, the amount that I struggled with finding the right information and the accurate information, Mm -hmm. um, and just really finding a school that was VA approved that was actually going to cover everything like, you know, they say it would or people said it wouldn't or whatever, Um, you know, really trying to kind of figure out what was true, what was not true. Um, It was very, very frustrating to me. Um, And I was very upset with the fact that there was a lot of misinformation out there. And just really the, um, the the drive that you know me leaving the military, I, I could no longer take care of my brothers and sisters. I was no longer another gun next to them shooting shooting rounds downrange. Mm-hmm. It was I, I, I can't necessarily do anything for them. So what's the next best thing that I can do in the process that I just went through to make it easier for the guy behind me. Um, and really that's my way of being able to give back is, you know, compiling all the best information, the best that I can to the best of my ability. Um, and really trying to just provide a solid, everything I do is, is I think it's like, it's, I think I, I know it is, it's five steps. Uh, and I go through literally checklists, um, with with us with a prospective student, so on the website, and uh, they go through and they literally work themselves through this checklist, and it's through the the order that you would need to go to. So it's go to this website, click on this, you know, on block three, fill out this, and so on and so forth. So it's literally, if you coming from a military background with checklists and being told how to do things and where to do them and everything like that, I think one of the biggest fears is filling out paperwork wrong, especially when it's important like this. Um, I think, you know, I've been able to kind of get into the nitty gritty and, and really grind it out as far as, you know, making it as simple, putting all the right best information that I can there. Um, so really, you know, Wing aviation is I, I call it a consulting business or company, if you will, um, for veterans. Uh, and it's no cost to the veterans. I'm rolling it out now where it's I'm not going to charge. Um, you know, it's it, it's hard to say because I, I'm getting to the point where I, I don't care. I don't care enough about the money to really worry about trying to make money um, off of the flight schools that I'm partnered with or, you know, whatever. It's more about if I can help more students and more people and more veterans, why? I don't care. I'm helping other people and, Mm -hmm. and I'm giving back in the sense of I'm helping the aviation community because I'm helping other people get into the aviation community. And I think that's huge right there, you know, especially with the pilot storage right now. So I think, you know, one of my, one of my struggles that I'm having now is, you know, what direction is the right direction as far as, you know, obviously everybody needs to make money at the end of the day. Do I need the money off of the company? No, I don't. Uh, you know, and, you know, getting into the pilot career field, uh, I, I won't, uh, then. So it's something that, you know, I've been really driving for, um, taking all the funds that I'm making from the hats and the shirts and everything else that I sell on the website um, and just turning it back into the company and yep. trying to make it that much better and trying to reach that many more people and trying to do, you know, that much more sponsoring or giving back. You know, we were able to donate with a local coffee shop, $800 to uh, central Oregon veteran outreach, which is a Very cool. organization. Yeah. It's an organization here in Oregon that uh, helps homeless veterans. You know, that's something that I was able to do with my company and that's mm-hmm. awesome. Like I, yeah, I just, I just really get stoked to to help people, you know? (laughs) Yeah, no,
0: you know, it's crazy, right? Like the one thing, and I think a lot of, I think this is really, really big in young people too, is if you're worried about chasing the money and trying to make the money, you're never going to get to it. You're never yeah. going to get, I mean, it's like this poc- people are like, why'd you start this podcast? Are you trying to make money off it? And I'm like, well, no, not really. You know, this is, this is this, like this podcast is so way out of my comfort zone. No one thought I would ever do something like this, but it's just, I, I found a topic that I was super passionate about. I love talking and connecting with people. It was a no brainer, you know, and who cares down the road what this is going to lead to, but I'm happy doing it and yeah. it's a process of doing it instead of always Absolutely. chasing that money. And I think that's where a lot of, especially young people, they get it wrong.
1: Yeah. And I think once you understand the drive for, or not for money, um, you really appreciate what you're doing or what others are doing. Yeah. And there's, and and,
0: think, it, it, oh, go ahead. Sorry about that.
1: No, go ahead. <laughs> I
0: will, what I was going to say is because you brought such a good point up and it was, you know, there's so much misinformation out there. So much misinformation. I mean, I mean, I hate to say it right. Like my, the flight school that I was at, I'm not going to say it, um, <laughs> but they're going through a huge battle right now. It's a huge, it sounds like it's a huge battle royale. Everybody in North Texas knows about it now. Um, the company's, you know, in some turmoil right now, there's some issues. Um, but it, it just sounded like there was just some stuff going on that obviously two people didn't agree with and it got into a big deal. You know, it just seems that there are, you know, it's not everybody because the industry is so good, but there are still people out there that try to take advantage of people. Um, and I'm, I'm happy that there's people out there that are trying to turn that around and inform people of the right stuff, just like you're doing
1: yeah and i think that's one thing that you know with a with a great you know community that we have in aviation i think one thing that you know we can all be thankful for is you know the majority look out for each other oh yeah you know um and it's funny like a <laughs> perfect example tonight uh there there's a, a guy who follows me on instagram or just actually followed me today but he went through and, and you know liked a lot of different photos of mine and and posts and stuff and uh you know, I, I took a screenshot and uh, I was like, you know, hey, thanks for all the love or whatever. And I posted it on my story and uh, he messaged me and he said, uh, thanks, man. I was like, absolutely. You know, it's all about taking care of each other. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's really what it is. If, if you stop doing that, you're not doing it right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's, and I think <laughs> it's, it's crazy it, it's, it's no you're you're so right because i actually i had to explain this one to my wife last night i literally i somehow i don't know how this happened on instagram of all places because i seem to be spending a lot of time on it because i meet so many people we but all do. i can't i literally i came across a guy from dallas um he's a he's a hip-hop producer right um and I've been watching this kid from afar. And I mean, he, I'm a lover of all music. It doesn't matter what it is. I love it. Um, my dad really, really got me into music, but I've been following him and I really, I mean, I was, I was like, man, this kid at some point is going to make it. I mean, he's doing really, really well. So I reached out through direct message and I, I literally, I just told him, I said, Hey man, I really, really like what you're doing. Um, you know, it looks like you're, you're, you're killing it right now. You know, just keep up the hard work. Um, but just from an outsider, I want to say, just keep doing what you're doing. Right. And this, you know, and I was talking and he, we were talking back and forth. He goes, what do you do? You, it looks like you're in aviation. What do you do? I'm like, well, I fly and I also work, blah, blah, blah. And I invited him out on a flight cause he had never been on a small flight before. Yeah. And the conversation got so deep that he, he randomly asked, he goes, dude, what's your number? So I popped in my number and the direct message. He literally gives me a call back, and he says, "Hey man, I just want to appreciate like the love that you were that you were showing me over there. Like it was so like out of the blue." it wasn't expected. I was talking to my friend about it and he, he was like, who is this kid? He just comes and he goes like, that was so refreshing because I don't even get that inside of my own community. And I said, Hey man, like I just saw something I really liked and it looked like you were working hard and I just want to show some love. Right? Like it's all about supporting one another because in life, if I don't know, in my opinion, if you're not supporting other human beings, I think you're doing something wrong. That's just my opinion.
1: So I think that's one of the things in in today's society, too, that we struggle with is, you know, remembering that one, everybody's human. People make mistakes. And, uh, you know, also not everybody's a bad person. Oh, of course not. And I, you know, and I think uh, it's it's kind of I don't want to say a misconception, but it it is, you know, I, I think it's. Everybody associates everybody as – or not – okay. That was that was wrong to say. But <laughs> a lot of people, you know, a, associate, uh, you know, it, especially in the social media world. Uh, you know, you have a lot of different um, people. And I think showing appreciation for different organizations or different people doing different things um, – You know, is important, and I think a lot of people have are are starting to lose that um, realization of what people are trying to accomplish. And you know, maybe people's goals of their social media channels aren't necessarily the best, or what you agree with. Well, then don't follow them, you know. But but I think the people that you do enjoy following deserve to know that they're doing something right. Of course, you know, and I think that's it's crucial especially today's world.
0: I mean, it's, it's, uh, it it all, I don't know. I all attribute it to gratitude and just being thankful, you know, because you know, you and I have the opportunity to do the things that we're doing. And so why not, you know, give that same love to other people that have the opportunities to, uh, to do what they're doing. So yeah. now here in a couple of weeks, I'm going to give, you know, this, this hip hop producer, his first flight in a GA aircraft. Cause he's never taken one before. So we're, awesome. we're introducing new people to aviation every single day. So I love it. Yeah. Um, so where do you see this organization? Maybe five years down the road, what is your goal? You know, if you, if you can look and, you know, usually I go day by day, but I'm going to, I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you extend this one out five years. So yeah what do you want to take uh, this to?
1: You know, I think, uh, I, I don't know if I would be able to, to carry the company on that long because I feel like, you know, giving it to someone, um, In in five years, someone younger uh, that maybe maybe is more familiar with um, the process of, you know, getting into uh, aviation at that time, Uh uh, going through the military aspect um, through the VA process, if it's still around, assuming it is. you know, I, I would love to hand it off to somebody who has the same drive and appreciation and love for taking care of other people like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think, you know, passing that on and giving, giving someone else the opportunity to own a company, run a company and really give back to multiple different types of communities. Um, I think is something also that I, I can give back with, Yeah, you know, um, it's so it's another way that I can give back to someone. Um, but I think also, you know, I'd love for the organization to continue to help people. I've helped well over 500 people now find different flight schools and and just either answer questions with them or help them through the medical process because it's a little bit more challenging for them because of whatever medical issues that they have. And that's something that's a very very challenging thing for a lot of people for some reason. Um, but you know, don't be scared. Just go. There's waivers. There's things that can be out there that you know can help you. But uh, you know, I think in five years. I I would love for the company to, to possibly evolve into a flight school for veterans or some type of deeper thing, giving back to veterans. Um, there's also the thought at one point with my current VP, um, Kyle of, of, um, him starting a branch of, of, you know, flights of donation flights, if you will, almost like a, um, Uh, who's the not Mercy is it Mercy Flights who's the one who gives free flights to like medical um, I don't remember Anyways, but basically, like, donating flights mm-hmm. to military families that either have a family emergency or a medical emergency. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah. Uh-huh. basically providing them with, uh, you know, a flight that they may not otherwise be able to afford because, you know, to be honest, the military is not the best paid. Um and you know, being up in Alaska, I know it was very challenging to get out of there because every flight is three, four hundred dollars, and that's you know, you put one other person, that's eight hundred dollars, almost a thousand dollars to get yeah. anywhere, and lower forty-eight. So it does add up real quick. But that's something that you know, in in a in a dire situation, when the last thing that you want to think about is the stress of money, um, that's something that I would also like to do or, or have um, out there because I think that's something that, to an extent, I believe almost the military is almost kind of forgotten in that sense is like. We are people too. We have problems. We have life problems. And I think that's sometimes that we need help as much as we don't want to ask for it. You know, we probably don't ever really ask for it. Um, but that's, that's the reality. So in five years, that's kind of where I see, where I hope to see, um, you know, the, the company and, you know, again, living day by day. That's all, uh, that's all you can really do. Of course, uh, (laughs) you know, strive to help as many people as you can today, because you don't know if you'll be there tomorrow to do it.
0: So I, I love the organization and I love the mission behind it. I mean, just helping people, I mean, just helping them do the right thing, uh, I think is always the right thing. So where can people find out, uh, more about winged aviation online? What about social media? How can they support it? If, uh, if they'd like.
1: Absolutely. So we are on, um, our website is, uh, winged aviation.net. So it's a singular winged and aviation like it's spelled normally.net. And, uh, on there, on the website, there's an opportunity to give back all those proceeds. Um, I believe this month are going to, uh, suicide awareness for veterans, okay. um, or sorry, a portion of those proceeds. Um, we'll be going there to there. And then also, um, we donate to Covo, uh, monthly as well. That's just a central Oregon veteran outreach. The one I talked about earlier. Um, and then that's one way. And then also really just spreading the word, sharing, um, you know, social media, we're on there at Winged Aviation um, on all social media channels and really just kind of sharing. You know, my biggest thing right now is getting the word out there. And I think that's the thing that, you know, with the, the misinformation is is overtaking or not necessarily overtaking, but clouds the good information. Yeah. So getting the information out there, getting, getting the word of Winged Aviation out there to people so they know it's there, they know it's an option. Um, I think that's really, you know, where it comes down to. So...
0: We, we talked about winged aviation, and I know just this year you started on another journey that I want to kind of quickly touch on uh, before we kind of uh, wrap up with some... Smaller questions before we get into this lightning round, but I want to talk about this new journey that you're taking on with AOPA, uh, which is a really good organization because I just became a member of this year. Uh, so, you, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell me, tell me what uh, what is this new journey uh, journey that you're starting on with uh, with AOPA?
1: Absolutely. so earlier this year I was approached by um, AOPA which is Aircraft Owners Pilot Association so as a pilot they offer you um, as an AOPA pilot they offer you a ton of uh, you know training opportunities and and um, training videos and insurance life insurance and a flying magazine that has a lot of great articles about backcountry or different types of flying and everything like that um, but really I was approached by their social media um, manager director and I was asked to be a social media influencer as part of the AOPA flyby crew, which our goal, there's 10 of us and our goal is really to, I've kind of made it up myself uh, of what our goal is or what my goal is with it, uh, <laughs> but, I, but I always say uh, it's in, inspire the young Influence the current and discover the future pilots of aviation. I like that. Yeah, you know, it's really great because I think, you know, one of our things is we're all, we all come from different walks of aviation and we all come from different aspects. And I think one of the, one of the great things about it is that we're all able to share through our social media channels our experiences in aviation. You know, like we talked about earlier, coming from different angles of aviation, it has so many different fingers to kind of go off on. That's what we all bring to the table as far as, you know, kind of different um, different looks or different angles of aviation. So um, as a flyby crew, we all attend different um, events throughout the year. Um, and with that, we share what goes on at the AOPA fly-ins, what goes on at other uh, events that we attend, and really just trying to get the word out there about AOPA, what they have to offer, the great seminars that they offer, their fly-ins, um, and the great opportunities that they afford, uh, you know, AOPA pilots, and also really just sharing general aviation and really getting people excited about it, trying to inspire the younger generation is to say, Hey, like it's not all schoolwork. It's not all, you know, flying and, and, and grinding out instrument because we all know that that's probably the worst rating ever. Um, <laughs> but, but really just kind of diving into the fun aspects of aviation and really just having the ability to share that. So we're on the AOPA website, AOPA.org the flyby crew, all of us can be followed on there. Um, and, and everybody again has their different missions and their different kind of goals with, with AOPA and the, and the partnership that we have with them there.
0: So why, you know, uh, why do you think the younger generation should take a serious look at the aviation world? Uh, whether that be as a pilot, flight attendant, mechanic, uh, air traffic control, I mean, from your experience, uh, you know, kind of getting to know AOPA and, uh, the crew and, and being able to travel and whatnot, uh, you know, what would be your your advice to the younger generation?
1: I, I would say, you know, kind of along the lines of what I said earlier, you only live once, um, you know, and what's the best way and honestly the fastest way that you can experience life? Uh, and that's, I think, you know, something in aviation where you have the opportunity to travel. Um, you see a lot of different um, sides of things and and perspectives of, of life. And even, I mean, flying up in the air and looking down and you see kind of the world that we're over is, or that we're in is nuts. It's awesome. Um, so I think, you know, one of the, one of the things that I would say is, is why not? What's, what's stopping you or or what's the hesitations that you know, why not go do it? You know, if you want to do it, if you want to experience life, um, you know that's one great way that you can do it as an aviation.
0: So, how can people? You know, if there's people out there that are already in the aviation aviation world, excuse me, um, and they're not a part of AOPA, shame on them. But how can? <laughs> I'm that's something try, I would say. I'm, try, I'm, try, say. I'm trying. I'm trying <laughs> to put a. Pl- I'm trying to put a plug in for you. Um, yeah, like that. <laughs> but how can people be a part of AOPA?
1: Yeah, so if you go on to the AOPA website, aopa.org, um, you just go on there and go to the membership. And then uh, for student pilots, actually, they offer a free six months of a membership uh, with, the, with the Flight Training Magazine, which is a great magazine. It shares a lot of good information, like I was saying earlier. and Really focused on the flight training aspects of the be- early beginnings of, of your aviation career. Um, but really just getting on to the AOPA website and... Um, just signing up on their membership if you have questions they have a great chat system they also have a great uh you know phone call system where you give them a call with basically almost any questions they have cfis on call they have like literally anything and everything with medicals or whatever any questions that you have uh anything on their website literally go on there and and it's it's very yeah it's it's there (laughs) You'll find
0: it. And I recommend it for anybody. If no one's a member of AOPA, please do it. I I have to say, and I don't say this too often, the AOPA flight training magazine that came, uh, that came along with my student membership. I literally still read today. And that is one of the few magazines I still, I still read. Yeah. I, I mean. I just don't read magazines anymore, but for some reason I still read that one.
1: <laughs> well, I think the, the AOPA that, you know, they do a very, they're a non organization as well. So, you know, they, they strive a lot for memberships and, and, you know, people, people helping. But I think, uh, you know, the biggest thing with that is the, the flight training magazine as well. You know, one, your dues helped uh, provide all of these awesome resources for other pilots. So, you know, that's one way that you can also give back to the, the aviation community is by, you know, kind of, quote, paying your dues, if you will. Of course. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the Flight Training Magazine, again, that's something that, you know, the mag- the magazine that you read, you can hand that off to another newer pilot or a less, you know, advanced pilot and there may be an article in there that, that's something that they can learn from, and it's something that again you can just continue to give back. And there's just all these ways to give back. It's just, yeah, it's awesome. Or they might they might
0: see uh, they might see my photo in the front page, just like they. I was, I was, I was, 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 uh, my, one of my Instagram shots was, uh, was featured and I didn't realize (laughs) it. And I popped it open. I said, Oh my gosh, that's my photo.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So that's actually, I got told by someone else that I was in it and, uh, they let me know that I was in the magazine. I looked it up and I was like, Oh, look at that. There I am. But, uh, yeah, you can, you can find me now. I do a lot of the, uh, the jackets and the hats that they, that we always wear in our photos. Um, that's all on there in their magazine and then on their website to buy as well. So it's, it's all good, good stuff.
0: Very cool. But, yeah. All right. So I only have a, I only got a couple more questions before we get into the, uh, the lightning round, but I really want to, I want to get deeper into your thinking and really, you know, who you are. So people can kind of get some more, uh, some more context and really understand, but I really want to know, uh, with you kind of what are, what do you see as your personal values that you always live by and then how do those values? show in your day-to-day life?
1: It's a very deep question, Colin. Um, (laughs) you know, I think my, one of my biggest things is always being respectful to people and, you know, regardless of who people are, what their background is, what their culture is, um, anything. I mean, even just focusing on the, the stuff going on in today's society, I would say respecting other people, regardless of their views or what their you know, background is, no matter what, you can't really be wrong for respecting other people. Yeah. And, and so I think, you know, that's one of the things that in my daily life, regardless of, you know, it's funny because from the military, I get the yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir type thing. And uh, I say that to people because it's just, a, you know, it's become a behavior of mine. But, uh, you know, a lot of people get taken aback by it, like, oh, well, I'm not a ma'am, Like, you can, you know, don't call me that. I'm not old. So, hey, it's not about old. It's a, it's a sign of respect, yeah. you know, like I'm acknowledging, you know, you. Um, and I think, you know, Respect. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, I would say what my big thing is. So if you,
0: how should I say this? All right. So if you <laughs> could send yourself a a message to yourself 10 years ago when you were younger, what would you tell, uh, the younger Matt?
1: So if I was, if I was 10 years from now,
0: 10 years ago, so the younger you, what would you tell the younger Oh, the younger
1: me you know i think um appreciate a, the childhood uh-huh. um appreciate the people around you as you grow up um and really you know the the maybe the learning situations that you get put in as a child um, appreciate those more as a child than you did. You know, I think one of the things that you know really growing up that you learn is is those those less those life lessons that you learn at a young age. Uh, I think those, to an extent, define who you are as an adult and how you handle those and and what you learn from those. And I think you know, really going off of that, I would say. You know, don't take the small things for granted, and and you know, really appreciate what you're afforded in life, um, because there's always probably someone worse off than you. Yeah, and really love yourself, and and you know, self care and really taking care of yourself is crucial.
0: No, I, I I I couldn't agree with you more on there. I mean, it's like you know, every day, you know, me and my wife tell each other this all the time. We're like. You know, if one of you or, you know, if I or you, if we ever have any issues or we have any problems, you know, we always have to think that there's somebody probably out in the world today that has a worse problem than we do. Yeah. So why are you sweating the, the you know really even if you think it's big it's probably small compared to to most people in the world <laughs> exactly <laughs> to yeah. say well
1: it, it was funny like, uh, even today me and my wife were uh, were talking like she was complaining about how she kept getting logged in and out of Instagram and, and Facebook and for some reason it just kept doing it and uh, then my phone started to do the same thing and I think it was because one of the updates or something but yeah. uh, it was one of those man like look at what we're complaining about.
0: <laughs> like, like small this stuff is,
1: this is literally a conversation about the internet yeah <laughs> then, you know so it's one of those it's yeah it's funny but totally
0: all right i'm gonna i'm gonna pause i need to replace my battery and my headphone it's going eight okay. i got these bose headphones man and they're going crazy uh-huh. right now so hold on <laughs> okay. i just gotta run and get a battery real quick i'll be right back all right cool. All right. I'm back. All right. right, Let's, uh, let's lighten the conversation up a little bit. We talked about a lot of good things, you know, your early life, um, wing deviation, you know, how you went through training, um, and then the AOP flight flyby crew. But I want to bring a little bit of fun to the conversation now, and we're going to get into what I like to call the lightning round questions. Basically, ten questions. You got to say whatever's on the top of your mind after the question, and then that's going to be the answer. So, regardless of what it is, it's going to be funny. Uh, and you just <laughs> have you just got to say it. Are you cool with that?
1: Yeah, let's go. All right, it. all right. Let's
0: get let's get this done. All right. Question number one. And I ask this of everybody. Everybody in aviation has their own quirks. So, on a scale of one to ten, how weird do you consider yourself?
1: Probably like a six or a seven. I like I'm that. Okay, I'm,
0: we're on a good roll. I like that. All right, I like this. I'm finding more weird, weird people too because I find myself I about a, lot a seven of weird too. Voices and, <laughs> and
1: jokes. I'm a I'm a I'm a known for dad jokes So uh, <laughs> a corny jokes. So yeah.
0: Uh, so, what is your favorite word?
1: Ooh, probably, uh, Oh snap from like back in the day. Oh man. <laughs> you
0: know, it's funny cause I say that too still. <laughs> so you're not the only yeah. one, trust me. Uh, all right. Question number three, what's your favorite food? Uh,
1: biscuits and gravy.
0: Seriously. Seriously. Ooh, man. This is over the weekend. Sorry. I get sidetracked <laughs> a lot over these questions because everybody that, you know, when they, when they talk about what their answer is, it brings me back. I went to a restaurant with my uh, my buddy. He's a, the helicopter pilot here in town, and we went to this place for brunch. And they had this uh, chicken biscuit gravy meal. And instead of the regular gravy, this was some spicy chipotle gravy that lit. It was the most kick ass biscuits and gravy <laughs> that I've ever had in my life. Oh my god, it was so good.
1: <laughs>
0: that sounds awesome. All right, question number four: What sound or noise do you love?
1: Ooh, probably the sound of uh, jets, like, starting up and about to take off, like, going on the takeoff roll. Yeah. I just, yeah, that just, you can't get over that. The
0: turbine, man. It's the turbine. <laughs> I love it.
1: Yeah. It's, uh,
0: yeah. All right, question number five. What is the most important thing you carry along with you on every flight?
1: Ooh. <sighs> I would say probably my iPad.
0: Your iPad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or, or let's
1: say let's say a backup
0: iPad. How about that? <laughs> you have two? I do have two. Oh wow, yeah. that's pr- that's a good pilot of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I um, mean, you never know what could happen. <laughs> anything, literally anything. Uh, yeah. Question number six: <laughs> What profession, other than the one that you're kind of on right now, uh, if you had the opportunity to attempt, what would it be?
1: Probably something in politics. Really? Yeah. That's a different
0: answer than I've usually gotten. Yeah. Is that just from your from your background in the government, or is just you know just you? A little
1: bit, a little bit, but more so just because I feel like that uh, I may be able to one once again give back,
0: give back, yeah, but yeah, also yeah.
1: make make things maybe that much a little bit better, you know. Just it's it's a way that you can possibly make change for the better.
0: And right now we probably need a little bit more of that. <laughs>
1: All yes. right.
0: Question uh question number seven. What is one thing that you you know you just not very good at? Ooh. Probably
1: drawing or handwriting.
0: Oh my literally I got like chicken scratch. So yeah. I, I feel you. I feel you on that. Question number eight. What is your ultimate dream in life?
1: To be successful.
0: What do you make of success? What will be kind of that crowning point that you look at yourself and you say, I'm successful?
1: At the point where I feel content with life, that I've lived it to the best ability that I can each day. And, uh, you know, really look back and say... I'm happy with what I've done in my life and the people I've interacted with and the people that I've touched with, you know, my happiness or or ability to give back or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when you really feel when you feel accomplished. Yeah. I think that's what success is.
0: That's perfect. So number nine, what is your biggest pet peeve in aviation? I like these answers because I get a pretty good, pretty good, uh, pretty good collection of them so far.
1: Yeah, I would say only really because of my instructor that I have now, but uh, really bad radio calls. Okay. Because for some reason, because I, I my instructor is very strict with me about my radio calls and restrict from the far aim and everything like that. So I think one of my things now is uh, decimal. I really don't like that. Mm-hmm. Just sounds like you know that takes up more than a you know one two three point one. I just feel like it adds more if you say decimal. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm sure we'll get grief for that. But that's the reality. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I would say you know bad radio calls because even the people saying. Um, five, uh, I think six miles on the 45. Like, like first of all, why you call them six miles on a 45? But you know, <laughs> just, like, like uh, yeah, just kind of easy, either lazy calls or trying to be cooler than you are.
0: Yeah, all right. So, the last one of the lightning round question number 10 if you could fly anything right now, today, what would you want to fly?
1: That's a great question. I think either the SR seventy
0: one or the U two. The U The U two is such an incredible aircraft. It's Yeah. It's just crazy. I how the and what's even funnier actually you know what? I don't know if I want the U two pilot's job or I want the pilot's job that gets to chase the U two when he lands. <laughs> That's just-
1: because that's, that's pretty that's pretty dope too. And they're always in like really nice fast cars. Oh too. yeah, like a souped up, like full out
0: souped up Camaro. I mean it's like yeah. gotta catch up to the plane. But
1: I, don't, but I don't know what's better to say though. The fact that you chased the U2 or that you were flying the U two.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I guess it just depends on the. Day. Chase it. it just depends on the day, right? I
1: guess so, yeah. All right,
0: so we're gonna get into final questions now. Basically, this is kind of a, a neat little opportunity because I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you an interesting question. I asked this of all of my guests, but then I'm going to let you ask me a question, uh, just so we can have some cross dialogue. And then, uh, I'm going to ask one last question that you are going to be able to pose, uh, to the, um, to the audience. So my question to you, uh, as the final, one of the final questions is 70 years from now, how do you want people to remember Matthew?
1: Man, just kidding me with these loaded questions tonight. You know, I think to uh, make you
0: think. Gotta make you think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I I would hope that, you know, I, I want people to remember me as as a as a giving man, someone that was willing to sacrifice um, for other people. Um, you know, I have a, I have a tattooed on my side, um, from when I was in the military, it says greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends John fifteen thirteen. And I think that in itself speaks about what I believe in as far as sacrificing and willing to sacrifice anything for anyone. And I think that's, you know, as far as in 70 years from now, people to remember me, I would hope uh, I mean, honestly, I hope I'm dead because that's a long time. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> old, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I would say that I was I was a good man. That I I was I was always loving and caring to those people around me, um, and I was always um, I was always uh, appreciative of those around me and and life. You know, and being grateful for what I was given in life.
0: All right. So now the opportunity now is on your hands. What, what do you want to, uh, what kind of question do you want to ask the host? Come at me with anything.
1: I would say, um, you know, with this podcast, and I'm I'm sure you've probably gone into it before, um, what is something that you would like um, to see or or happen because of this podcast? You know, what would be your, I guess, in a sense, goals for Mm -hmm. the podcast, uh, you know, to to give back or or to do for people?
0: Yeah, I think. and that's actually a pretty loaded question because I could ask, I could probably give you an answer in about three different ways. Uh, but the the easy one I'm going to say is because I talked about this on the first episode of the the Geek, and Eli had kind of post kind of a general question just like that while we're talking. Um, but I said, my goal was if I, through this podcast, if I could help one person um, who was thinking about aviation, you know, a relatively young person, I would say, because that's who I'm trying to connect with really. Um, but it could be anybody. If I could convince or through this podcast could convince one person to come into the aviation world, um, because they had thought about it, you know, I'm not trying to force anybody. Um, but if it's somebody that was, you know, on the fence about it, didn't really know, or, I'm not sure if I want to take this chance, if this podcast and, you know, just bringing on all these different cool stories of people like you that did the same thing, took that jump and now get to experience all the fun things and all the fruits that come with being that, that would be a huge goal. And if I did that for one person, I would say, you know what? It was a success. You know, it only takes, it only takes one, one person. But I think my ultimate, my ultimate goal, and this is kind of a goal of, that I had when I started my private pilot license. And I told this to a few of my friends, I would love down the road to start some type of nonprofit organization that took, I would say underprivileged kids. So kids that like me, that, you know, I had the opportunity to go through flight school being you know, being able to pay through it through funds, but there's other kids that want to get into aviation, but don't have the funds and put together an organization that basically mentors, not only gives them a, we'll we'll call it like a full ride through like a private uh, being able to get them in. Because I know at least around here, like our local community college, you can't even get into the aviation program without having a private pilot's license. Um, so being able to get them through their private at no cost, but instead of like a scholarship, you're actually sitting with them pretty much week by week. You're mentoring them. You're meeting with them. You're, you're being, you're being a partner in their training. So kind of like you're doing, you're being a consultant with them because I don't want to be a scholarship, right? Like you can give anybody $5,000. Here you go. Just poof, give it to them. Yeah, but it's actually being with somebody mentoring them on a day-to-day basis. I think it's something that is lacking a little bit um in aviation and me we were just talking about it and we said it would be so cool to create a little organization that help kids in the local community that want to come in um and walk them through the process and make sure they kind of get get it through. Um Sean Tucker, he kind of does a similar thing out in California, um, where he helps his local town. I mean, because his town is ravaged by poverty and he Mm. does a really, really cool program. And when I saw that, I said, that was really, really cool. And I think it can be deployed, you know, in other places, but I kind of wanted to do like a little small one. Um, Mm. but I would say that's kind of, if I had to look at like a 20 year goal, like that would be a pretty cool 20 year goal.
1: Yeah. that sounds.
0: Sounds like a good goal. So the last question is going to go back to you. And I have a small but growing audience. I think a couple episodes um, back, I surpassed... What was it? I surpassed 1,000 listeners, which was pretty cool. I think for the first time, I looked at it and I was like, what the heck happened? That's crazy. (laughs) I haven't even hit episode 20, so that's pretty cool. It's
1: because there's too too much traffic these days. People got to listen to it. They got to listen to something, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: What question... Do you want to ask my small but growing audience?
1: You know, because I'm sure the the community of listeners is is a diverse you know group of people pilots, non pilots, flight attendants, or you know some some background in aviation or maybe even nothing. Um, and, and you know, maybe more so towards the people that don't have a background in aviation or aren't in aviation yet. Um, you know, what's what's stopping you from starting to fly? What are the what are the hesitations or the roadblocks um, that that you may see as a deterrent? from getting into aviation or going on a, you know, $50 demo flight for 30 minutes or just to get a taste of it? You know, I guess what is the, where's the stopping point from you getting into aviation?
0: And I can't wait to pose that question on social media, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, (laughs) because I would love to hear from anybody, you know, why aren't you, you know, what is what is stopping with you and how can how can people like you and I how can we help these people you know get over get over that hump so i'm pretty yeah. excited to get that question out so Absolutely. in conclusion you know first who excuse me i just want to say thank you a bunch for you know being able to come on the show and you know give your story because you have such an interesting story and just being able to share all the personal uh, personal pieces with it and i think with your organization and with AOPA i think I mean, you're on the road to be doing some pretty cool things. Uh, so I'm pretty blessed that I had the opportunity to have you uh, on the show. But in conclusion, where can people find you on social media? Where can they interact? Where, they, where can they drop a DM? Uh, you know, where can they find you?
1: Absolutely. So, uh, you know, thanks for having me as well. It's something that I, I love doing and, and I'll take up anybody on an offer um, for, uh, you know, the chance to give back to people um, and just really, you know, again, inspire the young, influence the current, discover future pilots of aviation. You know, it's true. I love um, that. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. I actually just put it on a coffee mug. But uh, so, um, again, my website's uh, www.wingedaviation.net. Um, and then on all social media channels, uh, just at Winged Aviation, you can hashtag Winged Aviation. Um, and then I have a, uh, another hashtag that I use, which is uh, hashtag Veteran and Aviation or Veterans Helping Veterans Fly, which is my kind of tagline for the company that I use. Um, because, you know, me and my VP, there's only two of us for the company. And uh, really, we're just veterans trying to get other veterans to fly. So that's kind of where we're at.
0: Awesome. Well, Matt, thank you again for taking time out of your uh, out of your night tonight uh, to be on the podcast. And I can't wait uh, to get these questions out and to release this and uh, hopefully hear some reactions from people. And thank you for one. Thank you for your service, everything you did for the country. Uh, but most importantly, thanks for you know reaching out and helping veterans um, out there transitioning, because I I do have some experience working uh, in the government. I interned with the Air Force for two years and watching people transition from, you know, active service to civilian service. I think outsiders would think, well, what the heck? That sounds like it's super easy. And that's not easy at all. I've had, I've had, you know, the perfect view of it. Uh, so thank you, you know, for all that you're doing for, uh, for the veterans and thank you for, uh, what you're doing for GA aircraft, a part of, uh, AOPA, uh, as well. So again, thank you so, so much for, uh, coming on the show with me
1: absolutely thank you and and, you know i really am am happy to to do what i'm doing and i thank you for your support as for for the for the military aspect you know that's one major thing that we all depend on being in the military is is support Mm -hmm. um and that's one great thing and and you know with me and and what i'm doing in aviation i love to give back as you can tell throughout this whole podcast it's you know a lot of my stuff was giving back and and what i'm trying to do and and accomplish but uh, you know i really appreciate what you're also trying to do and just sharing the the good word of aviation if you will, and uh, really just, you know, trying to inspire, inspire other people and and really give, give them the knowledge or maybe the, the, the wealth of knowledge that they maybe not had otherwise, uh, to, to take the take the chance and and get into aviation so i really appreciate your time tonight as well and uh thank you for everybody for listening as well um really excited to hear uh, everyone's feedback and uh (laughs) you know know, we'll we'll see where we go from there (laughs) and
0: speaking about feedback everyone and on the topic of giving back you know if you are listening and you love this episode and you love matthew's uh story please go give the podcast a rating uh over on Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, or on Google Play. Go give it a rating, leave a comment, uh, and then go find me over on social media. You can find me on all channels at Hodge, H-O-D-G-E underscore C-H-E, uh, and we'll be posting about this episode as soon as it's released. Uh, and we'd love for you to continue the conversation over there on social. So once again, Matthew, thank you very much uh, for joining us here, and uh, we will see everybody on the next episode of Av Geek Chronicle. Thanks.